It is that time again for some experienced analysis of the week's top news stories and informed opinion about them with our powerhouse roundtable. Oh, we've got a good one for you today. Let's tell you who is here. A tried and true group. Ed Pozzoli is an attorney in Fort Lauderdale, president of the Trip Scott Law Firm and an influential voice in Republican Party affairs. H.T. Smith is a prominent Miami attorney, civil rights leader, law professor, and a prominent voice with me. Rosemary O'Hara is the editorial page editor of the Sun Sentinel, veteran Florida journalist and a good friend. Good morning to all of you. Great to have you good come morning. in. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And, and to you as well, H.T., Ed, and Rosemary. Well, we, you've just heard uh, two uh, a Broward School Board members. They could not bring themselves, at least Dr. Oscar, to mention your newspaper by name. But, uh, I mean, the fact is they presented a spirited defense of what the Broward County Public Schools and the school board have done in the wake of the tragedy at Stoneman Douglas. I mean, is there a strong case to be made for what has been done and the pace, the pace at which it's happened? Well, um, you know, the Sun Sentinel has done, I applaud our reporting staff for the work they've done in exposing where the fault lines have existed. The Stoneman Douglas Commission has come in and really uh, reaffirmed all of that. So if you look both at the reporting and at the results of the commission, you see that the district, there was a failure of imagining that something like this could happen. Right. And then since then, you know, what are we doing to make sure that it doesn't happen again? And yeah, it's not that nothing has been done. They did spend that money to fix the intercom system and to you know get the locks on the doors. Right. But there are a number of things that have not been done. What As you principally, point, what, what, what is some of the main things that you think have been undone? Well, there isn't, there aren't, there, there aren't the safe corners. I mean, they said when we get back from Christmas break, take two weeks off. Uh, back from Christmas break, we'll address the the corners. There, um, there isn't the code red policy yet in place. It took the Stoneman Douglas Commission's prodding for the district to issue an, an order saying don't lock the bathroom doors. Two kids died because they couldn't right. go in the bathroom. Yeah. We the training of monitors, yeah. you know, policies on, on how school monitors handle things. There hadn't been active shooter drills. They've learned. They've learned since this. But have they really pushed through to, you know, they, they, I want to make this one point. They say, well, the Stoneman Douglas Commission said, don't, don't investigate this. Don't look at this yeah. because we've got the subpoena power. The shooting happened on February 14th. The commission did not start until June. There were four months in which the district had not been asked to. And yeah. wouldn't you think if something like this happened on your watch, yeah. you would want to know exactly what yeah. happened and how to make sure it yeah. never happens again? And, and similarly, and we'll get to it later, the Broward Sheriff's Office had 10 months to do its own investigation, no matter what the Safety Commission was doing, and they essentially have sat back and said, oh, we'll let them do their work. We'll get to Sheriff Israel in a minute. H.T., you know, Dr. Osgood, before she left, she didn't say it on the air she wanted to, was that she said, look, what's going on with Robert Runcie? The unspoken subtext to all, a lot of the criticism is that he is black. And, you know, they think that there is some feeling that they're going to get him because 
they don't, number one, maybe some people think he's not been competent. Number two, you know, because he is African-American. Well, anytime, especially in our community, when you have a, a black leader in a position like this, there are going to be those who will assume that the motivation is because of race. I'd like to stay, stick with the facts and the data. I mean, Good. the question is, is Robert Runcie the right person to make the corrections? I want to commend the Sun Sentinel for the reporting they did on it. They were out front uh, the, before, way before the terrific, terrific job. job. However, I disagree with the fact that uh, Runcie and this school board can fix the problem. I believe they can fix the problem. You're right. They were late. Did they make a lot of errors? Yes, sir. They made a lot of errors. The core mission of the school system is to provide a high-quality education right. for our children. In for a, the safe, sheriff, in, in in a, a safe, safe environment. environment. But for the sheriff, the core mission is public safety, schools, homes, businesses, and in our streets. So I think we need to start there in terms of our analysis. Secondly, Robert Runcie now, when he came in 2011, that's when he came, the Broward school system was in tathers. Now A and B schools are up. D and F schools are down to 1F and 3D schools. Right. Superintendent of the year in 2016, virtual superintendent of the year, superintendent of the Florida Educational Foundation, superintendent of the yeah. Hispanic organization. A lot of good things so, have but, happened. But, but, but look at the yeah. question. Look at the question that you're asking us today. Is he the right person to make the corrections? He made the right corrections with regard to educational efficiencies. Yeah. He made the and financial efficiencies. He made the right correct, correct, con, uh, corrections with regard to improving the schools in terms of the, their grading. So he has demonstrated where there are problems that need correction, he and the school system can do it. And lastly, the $800 million that he led the effort for the, on the, uh, bond, issue. On the bond issue. So the people of Broward County say, we trust yeah. your leadership and your vision enough to invest our hard-earned money in you and the school board members, yeah. and that's why they re-elected yeah. them. Ed, let me ask you to weigh in here. You live in Broward. I mean, you, you know, your kids, I think, have gone to schools there. Yeah, and and I would I would say I can't I, I agree totally with HT has said around the educational results and the academic results that the leadership of Bob Runcie has we've gotten out of the public school system. There's no doubt about it. The question is. Who is accountable for what went wrong, both in the lead up to uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas yeah. and now, actually more importantly, what has been the response? And is the response, you, you mentioned, you asked Rosemary the pace, and I would say to you where the, where the school board has failed is in the pace of the change that is necessary to recognize very simple things that they could do to make those schools safer. One of them is safe spots inside. Yeah. One, another one is, as an example, uh, uh, creating uh, there's there are app applications on, on telephones, uh, tap apps that are installed in some of the right. charter schools that identify the emergency. Because the example, one of the examples is, is the difference between an emergency, like a fire alarm or a fire, right. versus an active shooter. Right. It, it requires a different response. Right. One of the a things phone that, app could do that. One yes. of the things that Nicholas Cruz did is he pulled a fire alarm right. and it, it forced everybody into the hallway. That was the problem. And if people knew that it was an active shooter, the protocol for active shooter is to remain in your classroom. Right. right. And those kids in the third right. floor ran into that the hall. That should have happened and were mowed down. But yeah, it was Michael, we're talking now it's almost a year. Yeah. So I commend the Sun Sentinel and, and there's one other point I want to make. With all due respect to the school board members who are here, I sort of resent the fact that they are angry at the Sun Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, 
All they did was, all the Sun Sentinel did was report what was in, what the commission found, pretty much. That's it. And so, to me, you want to be held accountable and you resent being held accountable, shame on you. Yeah. Well, well, I think well let's, let's take a break. I'm going to come back, talk more about, I think, the Sun Sentinel. In fact, here is the <laughs> lead editorial from one week ago today about Mr. Runcie. And we'll be back with more Roundtable in just a minute. On this Sunday, the roundtable is underway, and we are talking with Ed Pizzoli, Rosemary O'Hara, H.T. Smith. H.T., let's talk a little bit about guns in classrooms. Uh, teachers' unions in both Miami-Dade and Broward, the school boards in Miami-Dade and Broward, the superintendents in Miami-Dade and Broward have all said uniformly guns, teachers shouldn't have guns in classroom. It's not their job. Their job is to impart knowledge, and yet here you've got this commission chair and the findings say teachers ought to have guns. Well, we're all uh, for making sure that our schools are safe, so students and everybody in there. And people should know that after this horrible massacre on Valentine's Day of last year, the legislature passed legislation that allows for arming principals, assistant principals, right. janitors, and a lot of other... And guardians. And guardians, but yeah. not school teachers, except teachers who have been in the military, who have been uh, police officers and who are instructors in reserve, uh, what we call, no, junior ROTC. Right. Because those are people who handle weapons and know and about And have it. a concealed weapons Now, who permit. are we trying to protect? We're trying to protect teachers, staff, and students. Teachers in Florida says, that's, we don't think that protects us. Students through their parents and PTA say, we don't think that protects us. I hope the legislature gives great deference to the people who we're supposed to protect, saying that doesn't protect us. And I'm sure you saw that we have the two sheriffs yeah. on the 15-member commission going to the National Rifle Association television, television, pushing more guns in schools. Yeah, Ed, I have to say, when I saw the Herald, Miami Herald story this morning uh, that talked about how Grady Judd and uh, Bob Gontieri are going on NRA TV and pushing guns in school, um, boy, that just some strikes me as being over the line. Well, what I would say... They have First Amendment yeah, rights. Have, yeah, and, and they have First Amendment, and they're there talking about the Second Amendment, right? So, the, <laughs> so here, here's the issue. The issue that HT raises, the, the way the status of the law is, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with having um, uh, guardians in schools and having trained people who are trained, who've gone through whatever necessary gun training to have, and have, have people who are designated... Uh, who have that available to them to protect the school. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, that's what the law allows. Individual teachers, probably not. And that's what the law, the law, by the way, it, it says no teachers, ex with exception of what HT said. If we did that, um, and, and that was allowed, and here goes back to your point about Broward. Broward initially said, no, we don't want guardians in our, in our schools. And then they changed their mind about six months later because they realized they just couldn't bring to bear the, enough police uh, law enforcement to protect every school there was. So there is, there is a function, a practical matter around that piece of the law, HT, that says, hey, we don't have enough police to guard or guardians to guard the schools or uh, SROs to guard the schools. We need to provide additional alternatives. And one of them is this guardian program that allows for trained personnel yeah. Uh, to have, uh, yeah, but to have a gun. You know, Rosemary, I mean, uh, just thinking, trying to think through this, 
you know, it occurred to me, I mean, you've got a teacher who is a trained, who's got a concealed weapons permit, has been a law enforcement officer. I mean, where does he or she put this gun? In the desk, in a lockbox? In a sense, if you've got it locked away someplace, the effectiveness of using it against a threat is lessened, and then there is the liability issue. Right. And what if this person has, goes psycho and starts getting the gun out and gets into an argument with a kid? Right. I mean, the possibilities for <laughs> bad things happening are endless. Well, and you know, who it would be, while their names wouldn't be known who's carrying a gun. Um, kids are going to figure it out yeah. um, and presumably they would be wearing it on their body and you know sometimes teachers you know they're wearing shorts and you know uh, if it's in a gun safe in the room and and suddenly somebody's shooting through the door you have to you're going to go over to the safe and do the thing and right. get the gun out okay. um, and let's remember that Nicholas Cruz in the jail tackled a secure a, right. a jail guard and got his taser, taser. gun from him right. so a kid who is uh, out of control could get a gun away from a teacher and and also I mean sometimes these situations teachers get provoked and there's fights and you're you know presumably it's only they could only use this gun in the case of an attack an active shooter but um, yeah. but but there are unintended consequences right. that frankly I was so surprised that they ended up making this recommendation because they did not really discuss it and weigh the pros and cons of mm -hmm. it they just kind of pulled this out at the very end right. well we should point out that Max Schachter uh, who lost his son um, on, on February 14th was the one member of the Commission who voted against that Right. Although he has mm -hmm. said he supports uh, guardians and having we, weapons. But you know, I think we all can see, though, this would have a chilling effect on the relationship between students and teachers. For you to know that some of your teachers are walking yeah. around with guns in their yeah. ankle, hostel, yeah. in, their, in their hip, in their back, in their draw. That uh, does not. Let's not waste too much time on this part of the issue. The issue really is one of the major issues that your article said, articles pointed out in your newspaper, was the communication failures. And so inside of the classroom, what is, what's being told? How do you communicate the emergency situation to teachers, staff, and to, and to and the, the students? And the communication between the schools and, the, and law enforcement still hasn't exactly. happened, which is another one of those urgency issues. Right. If I can, and That's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, I want to go back it's the round to table. you can do that. You know, there were it's <laughs> been there have been 46 attacks on schools in the 20 years since Columbine. 46. And yet there was a belief that this could never happen at Parkland. And it's, there's, that, there's that same belief at other schools too. Yeah. And so there was a failure to prepare. Gates were left unlocked and when opened, unstaffed. There, and the security monitors didn't know what to do, didn't know how to call a code red. Three of them yeah. failed to call a code red. I agree that Superintendent Runcie has done a number of good things in his tenure here. Nobody is all black or all white, their right. performance. But on us, on the, the, it is more, more important than school grades is that kids and teachers come home at the end of the day. And in preparing for uh, this, and even since the shooting, the failure to 
break down barricades and get things changed right now so that when they come back this week from break, those classrooms are safe. The failure to do that speaks to the lack of urgency, and it was embarrassing to see the commission school our superintendent on how to hold people accountable. Yeah. I, I'm 100% in agreement uh, with, uh, with Rosemary on that issue, but in just two months ago, just less than two months ago, the people of Broward County had an opportunity yeah. to express whether they thought that the, if this was malfeasance, misfeasance, or whether it was not urgent enough. And it enough was a vote act. of confidence it was a vote in of confidence. the school system. I mean, yeah. this is, these are the people. We, yeah. we, gotta, we gotta listen to the people yeah. sometimes. Well, right. and we endorsed those people. We were waiting for the commission's report. Now, we, we endorsed those people and have gotten a lot of criticism for that. But we needed to know the commission's report. Now we know it. What are we going to do about it? And that's the question that's going to be. Well, I think we need to stay on top of that. Well, we will see January 15th, big school board meeting, and we'll right. see what happens there. All right, we're going to come back, talk about Sheriff Scott Israel and the Ooh. BSO response in a minute. Stay with us. Welcome back to the roundtable. On this Sunday, we are talking mainly about the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission report. It was issued Wednesday. And Ed, um, on that day, the Broward Sheriff's Office, after 10 months, took disciplinary action against a deputy named Joshua Stambaugh, who had been one of the seven deputies who arrived at the school, got out, stood behind his car, got his vest out, uh, and then stood there, you can see on body cam, for five minutes before he drove away. Now, I'm gonna say something later in a personal commentary about this, but the point I would ask you about is why would it take BSO 10 months when they had body cam video, which they had seen only a few weeks or a week or so after the incident, to do something? I mean, this does not inspire confidence. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to your no, question. No, I, I know you don't. <laughs> but I'd like you to opine on it. Yeah, what do you and, think? And, and so we now know, we sat, I think uh, Rosemary and I sat on, on this panel back right after Rosemary, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas occurred. You did. And we said, okay, they need to do an investigation. There needs to be facts. Well, let's not jump to conclusions. And the facts now, we now know them. And there are some troubling facts that came out of that commission that uh, the sheriff and the sheriff's uh, BSO needs to be held accountable for. It wasn't just Scott Peterson uh, who stood and waited. It was seven or eight other officers as well. Mm -hmm. While others, like Coral Springs Police Department, others they rushed, rushed past and rushed in and, and, and engaged, uh, they did not. Uh, the other piece of it is that the policy around this, that they may engage as opposed to shall engage, um, you know, honest, those are facts that you just, I simply cannot swallow. Mm -hmm. Those are facts that I'm not so sure are explainable uh, in light of what happened and in light of how that tragedy was handled by BSO. And then basically 10, nine, 10 months later, somebody is ultimately, someone is held accountable, this, this officer, Josh. Uh, it, it seems I mean, very it late seems in, really in coming, late in coming about. Uh, Rosemary, on Tuesday, Ron DeSantis is going to be sworn in as governor of Florida. And he indicated, as you well know, during the campaign, a couple of times he said, if I had been governor during this incident, I would have suspended Sheriff uh, Israel for misfeasance, malfeasance, uh, incompetence. Uh, and a source very close to the sheriff tells me he expects to be suspended this coming week. Uh, 
Yeah, and um, and in his interview with you, Governor-elect DeSantis said, "I want." He expanded on what he said during the campaign and said, "I first want to see the results of the right. commission report." But the what, what I'm hearing, it sounds bad, well, and it does sound report. bad. It, yeah. it does sound bad that you know he ought to be mortified that his people, eight people, you know, hung out outside, say, "Don't go in," while coral, while these kids and people are being shot. Yeah. You know that that one of the these guys took forever in a day to put his bulletproof vest on and go get his rifle. Another guy hangs out in his car up on a road. They all hear the shots being fired. The, the yeah. best practices say you go to where it's happening and you pursue the shooter, but not in Broward County. And yet immediately after that shooting, the sheriff praised his department's response right. for the sh for how they well, handled famously on CNN on the town hall Jake Tapper. with with Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper. Uh, uh, HT let me let me ask you you are a military veteran right and uh, I I have spoken to sheriff uh, Israel and he has said essentially I'm just paraphrasing here uh, yeah I am responsible uh, the way a general is responsible for what happens on a battlefield but I can't he says I can't be held individually res responsible for the acts of individuals who fail to perform their sworn duties. Well, he's first of all, he's responsible because he changed the the, the, the uh, directive saying that you may uh, 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 confront someone right. in an act instead of, of business, shall instead of shall yeah. someone. What I found in combat is that when a person is faced with a life and death situation, three things happen: they fight. They take flight or they freeze. And a lot has to do with the culture of the leadership. Right. And uh, that's why Coral, Coral, I don't, uh, Coral Springs, uh -huh. they fight. They went to fight, take yeah. the fight and to them. And they had been trained. And they had been trained. That's the culture. The culture of the Broward yeah. Sheriff's Office was that by the leader. And that is, well, we need to preserve ourselves and make sure that we're yeah. okay, yeah. and later we'll find out whether those hundreds of kids and teachers and staff yeah. are okay. Yeah, I, we should point out that fairly soon after the shooting ended and Coral Springs went in. There were BSO deputies who I think courageously they went in as well, but it was mainly But, but you know, Coral usually Springs. the freezing in flight is one, maybe one or two people. Yeah. But was, you had seven or eight. Yeah. That's a culture. And, and they didn't know some of these um, in, uh, deputies said that they couldn't remember the last time they were trained on active shooter. Well, Deputy Stambaugh said he couldn't remember. It had been 2016, but clearly had not sunk in. And Coral in. Springs trained their people every year. And so now BSO is going to train every year. But that's another thing that just happened as a result of the commission, not because of a leader who creates policies that keep us safe. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's going to be the final word. Thank you all. Serious conversation this morning about serious events. Yeah.